the Gemara on Daf of Zion, we start from the two dots. The Gemara brings back the Mishnah where it says, Rabbi Yehuda, aim beer v'chulu. Rabbi Yehuda says that the beer chametz is uh, done not through burning it necessarily. You can take the chametz and farer, um, crumble it, v'zayr l'ruach, and then you throw it up into the wind. Or matl yam, or you throw it into the sea. So the Gemara will explain, uh, sorry, Rabbi Yehud is the one that says, I'm confusing, that's the next Gemara, that's the Chachamim. Chachamim say that that's the way it's done. Rabbi Yehud says, though, that the only way to get rid of your chametz is by burning it. So the Gemara will bring the source, weird, you see in the Torah, that chametz has to be burnt. Tanya will learn, chametz must be burnt. And we have the following When it comes to Naisa, which is leftover of Karbanis that were not eaten in the right time. There's no Isra to not have this found or seen in your house. The Torah says that it should be burnt. So if it comes to, when it comes to Chomet, which is more stringent, the Torah says it shouldn't be in your house at all. Most definitely it has to be burnt. That's a Kavachaymer. Amrulai, so they responded to Rabbi Yehuda and said, No, you can't make this kavachaymer. Why not? If you make a kavachaymer, and the result of your kavachaymer is to be machmer, <coughs> like it is in this case. In the beginning, it's a chumrah. You require that the chumrahs be burnt, specifically. But then the seifeilahakal. In the end, this will lead to a leniency. Ain't then you can't make this kavachaymer. In our case, it's going to lead to a leniency. How is it going to lead to a leniency? What happens if a person has no wood to make a fire to burn his chametz? So then he has to sit there and do nothing. The Torah says, get rid of your chametz. Get rid of it in any way. You're saying that the only way to get rid of it is after through burning it. So if you can't burn it, so what should he do? Just leave the chametz there. So it comes out that your kavachaymer, which is a stringency, ends up leading to a leniency. So this gemara is very interesting. Rashi here explains that when the Gemara says it ends up leading to a leniency, this is only before the Zmana Issa. Rashi already explained this earlier in the Masechta. Once the Zmana Issa comes, and you have to make sure that to get rid of the Chomets, if you can't burn it, you get rid of it in any way, even according to Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda's requirement to Dafka burn the Chomets is before the Zmana Issa. To what? To, so in that, in that detail, talk, it's not compared to Naisa. But when we get to this anyone, it says that it comes out to be a kula. What Rashi explains over here is a person that's leaving his house within 30 days before Yontif, and he has to burn his chametz. It's not enough just to be mavatl the chametz, as we learned earlier in the Gemara. Within 30 days, you must burn your chametz. But if you can't find any firewood, he's not going to be able to burn his chametz. Then the only thing he can do is bittel, and he won't, he won't uh, be mekayim the mitzvah, or the takana that Chazal said that he must burn the chametz. That's what, that's what it was talking about over here. Huh? So, well, according to Rabbi Yehuda, before the Zmana Iser, the only way to get rid of your chametz, to be mekayim the Tashbisu, is dafka through burning it. So over here, in this case, before the Zmana Iser, within 30 days, he won't be able to be mekayim his mitzvah. That's what the Pasuk is talking about. I am, um, he's doing bittel. True, he's doing bittel, but within 30 days, Chacham required that the person should also get rid of the chametz physically. And Rabbi Yehuda says the way to do that is dafka through sreifa. So that's what it's referring to. This is Rashi's pshat. Teisvis learns, and this Teisvis said this before also, it's on Daf Beis, that no, this is after the Zmana Isser. Rabbi Yehuda holds after the Zmana Isser, similar to Neisser. Takatesis points that out. Dafka is similar to Neisser. After the Zmana Isser, it must be burnt dafka. 
not to be uh, left uh, and to, be, to get rid of it in any way. Dafka after the zman is that it has to be burnt, and that's what the Gemara is referring to. Are you going to be saying Rabbi <coughs> that after the zman is if you can't find fire, so then you just leave it and you can't do anything? Says the Gemara. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda does not learn this from a kavachaymer. He learns it out differently. Chazer Rabbi Yehuda v'donei din acher. Rabbi Yehuda learns it out comparing it to Nisar without a kavachaymer. Rashi says that it's Xayda Shava, but the Mepharshim say it's not really Xayda Shava. He just compares it to Naiser without a Kavachaymer. And he said as follows Naiser Asabachila, Naiser is forbidden to eat, Chomet Asabachila, and Chomet is forbidden to eat. Man Naiser Besreife, just like Naiser has to be burnt, Af Chomet Besreife. So too Chomet has to be burnt. We compare the two, two things that are Asabachila, and the Titus says to get rid of them, just like by Naiser it's through burning Dafke, so too when it comes to Chomet. Without a Kavachaymer. So they responded to Rabbi Yehuda, why are you comparing to Naisa? I'll prove to you from another case of something that's also ba'achila and it doesn't have to be burnt. It doesn't have to be burnt. So why are you comparing Dafka to Naisa? So Rabbi Yehuda answers them, how are you comparing to, to Nevela? Nevela is a whole different story. Hefrish. There's a simple difference. Naisa is forbidden to eat and also derive any benefit of it. So therefore you have to burn it. And the chametz, also ba'achila uba'ano. Chametz is also compared to Naisa that it's also to eat and to have any benefit. And therefore you have to burn it. Not Nevel is a different story. Nevel you could have a no. We had before. You can, you can sell it to a guy and so on. Says the Gemara, they again asked Rav Yehuda, ma Naisa ta'an sreife, av chametz ta'an sreife. Uh, sorry, this is the conclusion of what Rav Yehuda was saying. So ma Naisa ta'an sreife, av chametz ta'an sreife. So I compared the two that they both have to be burnt. Omrulai, again they asked Rabbi Yehuda, I will bring you an example of a case that's Asabano, but does not have to be burnt. The case of Shaira Niskal, an axe that has to be stoned, that's Asabano, Shaasabachila Ubano, Vainaton Sreifa, and you don't have to burn it. Amalahan, again Rabbi Yehuda explained to them, Hefrish, there's a difference between Shaira Niskal and Noiser and Chomets. And there's also an Einish Kodis if you eat it or you have a no of it. And Chomets is similar to Naisa that there's an Einish of Kodis. So therefore I compare these two. So just like Naisa has to be burnt, Chomets also has to be burnt. I don't compare it to Shaira Niskal where there's no Einish of Kodis. So again they asked him, the fats of a shayr, of the animal, of the shayr aniskal, over here, I could prove from this, you're not allowed to eat it, you can't have a no of it either, because it's the fats, it's the chaylev, chaylev there's an isakotis, there's an ayinish of kotis. The fats of the shayr aniskal does not have to be burnt, so why are you comparing it specifically to nicer? And a chanami. But the fact is, this is a part of the animal where there's all three. Achille, Hanno, and Einishkaris. So why don't we compare chametz to it and say that it doesn't have to be burnt? So Chazer Rabbi Yudah v'donai denacher. So Rabbi Yudah said his limud that he learns out from Naisa differently. Naisa yashnoi bebalte siru. When it comes to Naisa, the Torah says, don't leave it over. The Torah says that that's the whole Isra of Naisa. Leisa siru mimenuat baike. Don't, you have to get rid of it. In other words, by eating it. Don't leave it over until the morning. Chometz also, it comes a certain time. It comes chatzais on Erev Pesach. The Torah says, don't leave over any chometz. So therefore, in that sense, chometz and Naisa are compared. 
Just like by Naisa, it has to be burnt, so to Chomets has to be burnt. We don't find anything else where you have this comparison of Baal Tesiru that it shouldn't be left over. So now they asked Rabbi Yudah a different question. According to your opinion, there's the following case that you yourself hold that it does not have to be burnt, and why not? It should also be burnt if you compare it to Naisa. So they told Rabbi Yudah as follows Asham Tolui. The asham that's, that's called an asham taloi, which is brought when a person eats fats, and he's not sure, he had fats, he had chaylev and shuman in front of him. He had permitted fats and forbidden fats in front of him, and he's not sure which one he ate. So then there's an asham that you bring, which is called an asham taloi. Chata sa'ayf habal asafik. A chata sa'ayf, when is a chata sa'ayf brought? A woman that gives birth has to bring a chatas from a bird. But we're talking here about a case of a suffolk that she miscarried, and she's not sure if she has to bring a carbon for this miscarriage or not. So what's the halacha with these cases? If, it, if there's a psal that happens, or if it becomes nicer, by the case of an Oshem Toli, or by the Chattas that a woman brings and there's a suffix. Now this Chattas that's brought because of a suffix, you cannot eat it at all. Why can't you eat a Chattas that's brought for a suffix? What do you do with a bird in the Beis HaMikdash? You don't shecht it. Melike, with the fingernail. That's how they uh, shecht it. Because it's done with melike, if it's not a carbon, you can't eat it because it's not a kosher shechita. Only for kachim does malika work. Over here, this is a chata sa'if that comes in a suffolk and you're not sure if it's a carbon or not, so you can't eat it. What's done with an oshem tali that became nicer or with a chata sa'if that's brought in a suffolk? So this is a machleikis in the Gemara in Mesech de Tmura. Rabbi Yehuda himself holds that in these cases, it has to be buried. You don't have to burn it. You just throw it away. It's not burnt. So they asked Rabbi Yehuda, according to your opinion, it should prove Shaheim Beval Taisiru. And they, both of these, the Oshem Taloi, it's not allowed to be left over as nicer. And the same thing with the Chattas Ha'if, it's not allowed to be left over as nicer. So the Chachamim told Rabbi Yehuda, we say that they have to be burnt, just like any other nicer that has to be burnt. But you yourself said regarding these two cases that it does not have to be burnt, it could just be buried. So according to your opinion, if the comparison is that anything that's babal tesiru, anything that's not allowed to be left over has to be burned, so why does this not have to be burned? Shasak Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda was quiet, he didn't have what to answer to this question. So Rav Yehuda was asked a question specifically according to his own opinion, and he couldn't answer. Om Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef said about the end of this conversation, this is what people say, kapo dechotta, you have a large spoon that a person made, Nagra, a, a, a carpenter made a large spoon, with the spoon itself, when he's going to eat uh, mustard, which was hot and it burns his tongue, he ends up burning his own tongue because of he himself made this spoon and he burns himself with the own spoon that he made. Similar over here, Rabbi Yehuda burnt himself with his own opinion that he said regarding the Osham and the Chata Sa'if, that was a question that he couldn't answer. Another example the Gemara gives, Amar Abaye, Sadna Besadni Yosef, a person that makes the chains that you uh, uh, tie, or you, uh, uh, that you put in the shackles for a Ganev that you catch. So if this person himself was caught as a Ganev, so now he's going to be put in the very own chains that he made. Midvil Mishtalim, from the work of his own hands, he gets uh, paid off, he gets uh, caught. Rav Amar, Rav said a third example, Gira, a person that makes arrows, Bigire Miktl. If he himself gets killed from an arrow, he's getting killed from his own arrows. Midvil Yedei, from the work of his own hands, Mishtalim, he gets paid. He gets, uh, he gets killed. 
Same thing over here, Rabbi Yehuda was asked and he couldn't give this answer. It came from his own, uh, his own opinion that he couldn't answer. But he did not change his mind, correct? And there's a big discussion in Rishayim who we paskin like. The Taisvis before says, Nira da halacha Rabbi Yehuda. And Taisvis brings a raya from a Mishnah in Tumura. The end of Tumura, there's a Stam Mishnah there that says that you have to burn Chometz. If you look at Shulchan Aruch, actually, both opinions are brought. Al-Tareb and Simon Tov Memhei brings both opinions. How to get rid of the Chometz. The first opinion he brings is the opinion of the Chachamim, that you just throw it into the wind. And then he brings the opinion of Sreifa. And the Alter says that uh, both opinions is a yes we don't know who the Paskin like, but then the Alter says the minig is that we burn Chomets. But uh, yeah, this is uh, Rabbi Yudha never retracted his opinion. This year we have to do Chomets. Huh? Oh, this year we have to, on Shabbos, right, we have to dafke flush the Chomets and not uh, burn it, correct? Like, uh, like uh, Chachomet. Why was it not What, what, what? what? This, uh, this year. <laughs> okay, I hear you, I hear your question. I'm not sure. So now we discuss Chacham's opinion. You throw it up until you crumble it first, actually. Then you throw it into the wind. Then it's said in the Mishnah, or you crumble it and throw it into the Yam. The Gemara will actually explain whether the Mefarer goes on throwing it into the Yam as well. The question was asked. How do you learn the, what the, it says in the Mishnah? Do you read it as follows? Mefarer, you have to crumble the Chomets, and throw it up into the wind. And also when you're throwing it into the Yam, you have to crumble it as well. Or the way you read the Mishnah, the way it's written, you crumble the Chomets and throw it into the wind. When you throw the Chomets into the sea, you can take the Chomets as is and throw it into the water. You don't have to crumble the Chomets. We have a similar question regarding an item of Avedizara. Kihai Gavna. Rav Yaisi there says in the Mishnah, You have to grind it. You have something which is an item of Avedizara. You have to break it, grind it, and throw it into the wind. By Chomets, sorry, by Avedizara as well, there's a mitzvah, or there's a command to, to destroy it. So you have to throw it into the wind. Then he says, Or you throw it into the sea. The same question was asked. What did Rav Yaisi mean to say? You grind it and throw it into the world, wind. And also when you're throwing it into the sea, you have to grind it as well. You have to grind it and throw it when you're throwing it into the wind. If you're throwing it into the water, so over there you can throw it into the water as is. So the Gemara brings an argument about this question. Omar says Rabbe as follows. It's logical to say. When it comes to Avedizara, where do you throw out an item of Avedizara? Usually into the Yama Melech. This is always the Lashon that's brought. We had it before regarding Avedizara, that you take an Avedizara and you throw it into the Dead Sea. So because it goes into the Yama Melech, it doesn't have to be crumbled. Over there in the Yama Melech, no one's going to pick it up. No one's going to get it. Over there, you can just throw it in as is. Chometz, the Lashar, not is causal. However, if you're throwing Chometz into any other river, so there, boy, Piror. Over there, you have to crumble it. What's the reason you have to crumble it when you throw it into the, any, any other river? So there's a Machlaikis about this. Rashi's opinion is because maybe a boat will travel there and someone will find this Chometz and pick up the Chometz and eat it. Someone might come to eat this Chometz. That's Rashi's Prat. Um, other Rishayim, however, say, the Altarebbe quotes this in the Kuntras Achim, Shulchan Aruch, 
that it brings from the Rambam, the Altarebbe proves from the Rambam that says, no, the, the reason is not because someone might come to eat it, but because Chachamim hold Minatayra, this is the fulfillment of Tashviso. You have to crumble the chametz that it shouldn't, uh, it should be totally bottled and shouldn't exist. If you throw it into the water, so even if you didn't crumble it, even though it's in the water and it dissolves, but nevertheless, it could be that it won't properly dissolve and therefore you won't make your mitzvah of tashbiso. Nothing to do with exeda. According to Rashi, it's just exeda of chazal that someone might come to eat it. This is Rabbi's opinion. Rav Yasef says, It's logical to say in the opposite. When it comes to Avedizara, it does not dissolve. You're taking uh, an item of Avedizara and you throw it into water, whether it's a wooden item or a metal item, whatever it is, it's not going to dissolve in the water. That you have to grind, even if you're throwing it into the water. Chametz, the mamis. Chametz, however, when you throw it into the water, even if you don't crumble it, but it's, gonna, it's going to dissolve on its own. That does not have to be crumbled. So the opposite. When it comes to Chametz, you, you don't have to crumble it. In one b'raise we learned like Rabbe, in another b'raise we learned like Rav Yosef. We learned like Rabbe, a person is traveling in the Midbar and now it's out of Pesach, he has to get rid of his chametz and he has no way to make a fire. Crumbles the chametz and throws it into the wind. He's going on a boat and he has to get rid of his chametz. He crumbles his chametz and throws it into the yam. So it says clearly over here, that when it comes to chametz, like the opinion of Rabbe, they have to be mefarer and throw it into the yam. In another price, it says, like Rav Yosef, you were going in the midbar, so here it's talking about Avedezareh, you take out Avedezareh and you grind it and you throw it into the wind, and you're on a boat, so you take the Avedezareh and you have to grind it and throw it into the water. So it says clearly, like Rav Yosef, the dafke, the item of Avedezareh, which will not dissolve, that's what you have to grind. So the Gemara says, if so, this that it says regarding Avedezareh that you must grind it is a question on Rabbi's opinion that says you don't. And Peter, and the fact that you have to crumble Chomets that it says in the first B'raise, that's a question on uh, Rav Yosef. Says the Gemara, it's not a question. The question of uh, that it says that you have to crumble or that you have to grind. And Avedezareh is not a question according to Rabbi. When Rabbi says you don't have to grind your Avedezareh, break it up, that's because you're throwing it into the Yamamela. But if you're throwing your Avedezareh into a different river, so then even Rabbi will agree that you have to grind up the, you have to break up the Avedezareh. Pirur, when Rav Yosef says, that uh, you don't have to crumble the chametz because it's going to be mimis, it's going to, on its own, dissolve. So now we hear in the Braise that it says that you do have to, it's not a question. It's a difference if you're talking about kernels of wheat that became chametzdik, came in contact with water and it became chametzdik. Kernels of wheat do not dissolve in the water. So that even he would agree that you have to crumble it. But if it's bread, bread will dissolve in the water on its own. That's when Rav Yesuf said that you don't have to crumble it before you throw it into the water. So this machleik is here between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim, whether you have to burn the chametz, like Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, or it's enough just to crumble it and throw it into the wind. So there's a sikhir where the Rebbe brings that this machleik is really based on how deep the iser of chametz penetrates the item itself. And he brings from the Rogachavar, the language of the Rogachavar is, does the chametz, uh, the iser of chametz penetrate the etzem of the existence of it? So the only way to get rid of it is by burning it into ashes, or it's only on the toyar, 
on external elements of its existence, and it's enough that you break it apart and throw it into the wind, even though after you do that, the fact is that this chametz still exists in the world, but the very fact that you break it apart and throw it into, or it dissolves in the water, that's enough to get rid of the Isr chametz as it exists in its toyar, in its shape, the way we know it. So the question really is, they're arguing on a deeper level, what's the shaydish uh, of how deep the Isr of chametz penetrated the item? And the Rebbe there in the Sikha explains that similarly, Benegat to the Makis and different things, the Rebbe points out that you see that there's an argument how deeply the Makis penetrated the Mitzrayim, and the same thing also Benegat to the Isra of Chomets, how deeply it penetrates the item itself. Zog the Mishnah. Chomets shall nachri she'ovar olava Pesach. The Chomets of a guy that passed through Pesach. Mutaba no, so after Pesach, you can have a no of this Chomets. You actually have a, you can eat it as well. It was the chametz of a guy, the guy's possession, there's no issue. After Pesach, you can use it. That's what we always do. We sell our chametz to a guy, and then after Pesach, you, you, you buy it back, and then you can use the chametz. Bishal Yisrael, if it's chametz of a yid that he had chametz in his possession through Pesach, then after Pesach, Osaba no. You're not allowed to have a no of this chametz. You shouldn't have chametz in your possession over Pesach. So Rashi says, we'll see in the Gemara, that the pshat of this is, it's not an ism and atayra to eat that chametz that passed over Pesach. It's a knas. It's a penalty that Chachamim said, because you were over this isr of Bal Yiro, Bal Yimotza, so you're not allowed to eat the chametz that passed over Pesach. That's the Mishnah. Now the Gemara here asks the question, Mani Masnisin, who does this Mishnah go according to? The Gemara here is going to bring a lengthy b'raiseh and explain the b'raiseh ba'ariches, three opinions, and the Gemara is going to conclude at the end of the Amud to ask the question that this Mishnah we just read seemingly doesn't follow any opinion. Doesn't follow not Rabbi Yudah, not Rabbi Shimon, and not Rabbi Yudah. Ma'ahi, where do we see these three opinions? The Tanya we learned in the b'raiseh, First opinion, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is Chometz ben Lifnei's Manoi, Chometz before the time, meaning before Pesach begins, from Erev Pesach by Chatzais, and Ben Laachas Manoi, and Chometz that's left over after Pesach, over all of the lav. If you eat from this Chometz, you're over on a lav. And Teich Zmanoi, in the time, in the seven days of Pesach itself, over all of the lav, you're going to be over on a lav, Vikaris, and there's also Kaurus. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rab Shimon Shimon says, Chometz, Lifnei Zmanoi, Chometz before the time, on Erev Pesach from after Chatzais, Ula'achaz Manoi, and after the time, Einoiver, Beloi Klum. You're not over with anything. There is no love of eating the Chometz or using the Chometz uh, before Pesach, and there's also no love after Pesach for what's left over. This is Rab Shimon's opinion. Now, this is very interesting because even Rab Shimon agrees that the mitzvah say of Tashbisu, that you have to get rid of your chametz, starts from Chatzais. That's the sugi we had before on the first payday. Everybody agrees to that. But nevertheless, the Isser of eating chametz, it seems like Rab Shimon here is saying that eating chametz, having a no of the chametz, is not before Pesach. It doesn't start by Chatzais. It only starts seven days of Pesach, by the night. However, there's a very big machlekes shishayim over here in the pshat of what Rab Shimon is saying. Taisva says that when Rab Shimon says that before Zmanoi, you're not over on a lav, he's only referring to the hanah of the chametz. But he's also going to agree that you're not allowed to eat the chametz. Mishay Shah Salamailah. And Taisva says, how does Rab Shimon know this? According to Rab Shimon, the psukim that it says in the Torah that you're not allowed to eat chametz refers to the seven days of Pesach itself. But even according to Rab Shimon, you're not allowed to eat your chametz from Chatzais. And the reason is, if the Torah says Tashbisu, what does Tashbisu mean? Tashbisu means get rid of your chametz. 
So from Tashbiso, I understand you're not allowed to eat it. If you're eating it, you're not getting rid of it. So therefore, even according to Rav Shimon, you're still allowed to have a no of it, but you're not allowed to eat your chametz because of the Torah that says Tashbisu. That's Tashbisu's pshat. Other Rishayim, however, disagree. There's a few opinions in Rishayim. Just to mention one more, the Bala Amor says that according to Rav Shimon, when he says there that Lifnei Zmanoi and Ma'achaz Zmanoi, you're not over any love, he means literally you're allowed to eat your chametz as well as having hano of your chametz. Ah, it says in the Torah Tashbisu, says the Balamor, it's the famous Balamor. He says that Tashbisu, the best way of getting rid of it is by eating it. That's how you get rid of your chametz. That itself is the Tashbisu, according to Rab Shimon. So therefore, you're allowed to eat your chametz out of Pesach to get rid of your chametz. Okay, Vaita the Braisa says, Toich Zmanai, according to Rab Shimon, it's only Toich Zmanai that over all of Kodesh ubalav, that you over on Kodesh and alav. Then the Braisa says, In the time that you're not allowed to eat it, you're also not allowed to have a no. The Isra Chile and the Isra No come together at the same time. So uh, the Gemara interjects and explains who's speaking here in this last line. This, this follows the opinion of the Tanakama, which is Rabbi Yehuda, that says that the Isra Chile and Isra No begins at Chatzais at the same time, but not according to Rav Shimon. Taisvi says, from here I see that according to Rav Shimon, Erev Pesach from Chatzais, there is an Isra Achila, but not an Isra Hano. And therefore the Gemara is saying, this line cannot be according to Rav Shimon. If Rav Shimon would hold that the Isra Achila and Hano starts at the night together, so why wouldn't this line be according to Rav Shimon, referring to the night? The fact that the Gemara says, Asun Tanakama is because Rav Shimon holds the Isra Achila starts from Chatzais, because of Tashbisu, but then the Isra Hano starts at night when you have to... Uh, when you can't have a no and a chile as well. Now the Gemara, the Braisa that is, brings the third opinion. Rabbi Yisek Lili says, Toma alatzmacha, you should wonder to yourself, ha'eich chametz asa bahanoa kol shiva. Where would be there, where, where is there a source that chametz is aser all seven days? Rabbi Shimon holds there's no isra no for chametz even within Pesach itself. There's only isra chile. Uminayin, now the Braisa continues and goes back to the argument between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon and explains what they argued about. So Rabbi Yehuda here is speaking. Rabbi Yehuda says, from where do I know that you're over on eating chametz from Erev Pesach, from Chatzais? The Torah says, do not eat chametz on it. What does the olive refer to? Rabbi Yehuda explains this. Chametz refers to the carbon Pesach. The time when you bring the carbon Pesach is from Chatzais. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. Amalei Rab Shimon says, Rab Shimon, how could you say that Leseich Halal of Chomets refers to Erev Pesach when you bring the carbon Pesach? V'chiyav Shaloi Makeng, could you say so? V'haloi Kvar Nema. If you look there in the Pesach, what does it say fully? Leseich Halal of Chomets, and then it says, Shivas Yomim, Toich Halal of Matzis. So it's not talking about Erev Pesach, it's talking about the time when you could eat Matzah. In came Matamud Loimar, Leseich Halal of Chomets. What does it tell you to mean? What's the time period that it's talking about when it says that you shouldn't eat Chomets? In the time when you have the mitzvah, to eat matzah, which starts when? At night. So then you have the isa not to eat chametz. When you can't yet eat your matzah, which is out of Pesach, even after chatzais, there's no isa of eating chametz. This is the conclusion of the b'raisa. Now the Gemara will go through the opinions, explain the sources of their opinions. My time at the Rabbi Yudha. what's the source of Rabbi Yudha? When Rabbi Yudha says that there's actually three different laven, 
There's a lav of lifnei zmanai, the not eat chametz erev Pesach. There's a lav not to eat chametz in Pesach itself. And there's also a lav not to eat chametz that's left over after Pesach. So what's Rabbi Yudah's basis? Plosa kroi ksivi. Because there are three psukim where it writes the Isra of eating chametz. Lo yeyachol chametz, v'chol machmetzes lo yisechelu, and lo yisechel alav chametz. Chad lifnei zmanai, one for before Pesach. Chad la'achaz zmanai, one for after Pesach. V'chad l'toich zmanai. And the third pasuk is for within Pesach itself. Three psukim. Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon disagrees and says that there's only an Issa to eat chametz within Pesach itself, but there's no Issa before Pesach, and there's no Issa after Pesach either. Why doesn't Rab Shimon see these three psukim? So Rab Shimon says as follows, Chad Yes, one Pesach is for within Pesach itself. V'chol machmetzes, the Pesach where it says, V'chol machmetzes is not an extra Pesach to teach me lifnei zmanai or lachas zmanai. V'chol machmetzes mi boyle he uses that Pesach for the following Allah that we learned in the Braise. Ein liyelo shenis chametz me'elov, I only know that chametz, that became chametz, it rose on its own. That's, what, that's what's chametz and you're not allowed to eat it. Machmas dovar acher, how about chametz that became chametz from another ingredient that fell into the dough and made it chametz? Taisus explains what are we talking about here when we say another ingredient. We're not talking about yeast or something that usually causes it to rise, but we're talking about, let's say, some wine or vinegar or something that fell into the chametz and caused it to rise. How do I know that then it'll be chametz as well? Maybe only if it's intrinsically chametz that it rises on its own, or from se'er, from yeast that makes it chametz, only then it's aser. Anyway, anything that causes it to rise, it's, you're not allowed to eat it. This is what he needs it for. So this Pasuk is not extra. And then when the Pasuk writes, This is also not extra. He needs it for something else. From where do I know that in Mitzrayim, the Isr of Chametz was only for one day. They didn't have seven days Pesach. It was only that one day. Tamad loyma loyayachal chametz, v'samach lei, what does the Torah say right after that? Hayoyim atem yaitzim. Today you're going out of Mitzrayim. So loyayachal chametz is telling you that then their Isra of eating chametz was only on that one day. Right, and the fact that they didn't have chametz afterwards was not because of any Isra of chametz. That beca- that's because nigla aleim, melech malchem, lochem akadosh baruchu, and it did, it did not become chametz on its own. That's the famous thing that the Alter Rebbe speaks about in Lukot Torah, that there are two different dargas of matzah. There's the matzah before chatzais, where they had the mitzvah not to eat chametz, and they have to guard their dough not to become chametz. And then there's the matzah of after chatzais. There was no mitzvah, it just didn't become chametz. But Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, so now the Gemara goes on to explain, according to Rabbi Yehuda, from where does he um, learn out these things that uh, Rabbi Shimon says that we need these psukim for? Rabbi Yehuda is using three psukim to say three different times of an iser. So what is he, from where does he know these halachas? From where does he know that a dough that became chametz from another ingredient that fell into it, that it would be aser, where does he learn it out from? The fact that the Torah changes the language, it doesn't say chametz, it says machmetzes, that's enough to teach me that even another ingredient that made it chametz, you're not allowed to eat it. But the whole Pasik in general, Machmetz is coming to tell me on a different time that you're not allowed to eat chametz, whether before Pesach or after Pesach. It's the change of the word Machmetzes that teaches me even if another ingredient fell into it and made it chametz. Did It would not become chametz on its own. Vinegar or something else or wine maybe. I think Taisa says vinegar or wine fell into it and that made it chametz. And still it's going to be Aser. 
Rav Yosei Minolei, from where does he know what Rav Yosei Aglili said? That in Mitzrayim, the Chomets, the Isra of Chomets was only one day. Says the Gemara, Either he can learn it out from the fact that the Tater writes the word Hayyim next to this Pasik. Meaning, even though Taka, the Pasik in general, is used for the Isra for Achazmanai, let's say. That's what the Pasik is used for. But you could also say that because the Tater writes right afterwards Hayyim, it also teaches me that in Mitzrayim, the Isra was only Hayyim. You can learn both things out of here. Or Ibai Seima, or we could say, maybe Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with this whole thing. Smuchen loy darish. Rabbi Yehuda, we know, it says many times in the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda does not darshan smuchen. The only place Rabbi Yehuda darshan smuchen is in Mishnah Teireh. Moshe Mepiatzmei Omra, there he darshan smuchen. But in the rest of Teireh, which the Ebesha said, to Moshe Rabbeinu, he doesn't hold up the whole concept of darshaning smuchen. And therefore, if that's the case, Rabbi Yehuda would actually hold that even in Mitzrayim, the Isra of Chomets was all seven days. He doesn't, he doesn't agree to the whole thing that Rabbi Yehuda said. Oh, Mama, going back to what it said in the Braise itself. When the, when the Braise explained the Machlaikis of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon regarding Erev Pesach. From where do I know that the Pasuk that it says refers to Chatzais before Pesach? Rabbi Yehuda says this is going on out of Pesach. And the Braise said, Rabbi Shimon answered him, could you say it goes on out of Pesach? So it clearly says that it refers to the time period when you eat matzah, which is at night, not from out of Pesach. That's the Braise. Says the Gemara of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon answered him well. How is he going to respond to what Rabbi Shimon said? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda tells you, the fact that the Teireh is writing the Issa Chometz together with the Mitzvah of Matzah, the Teireh is coming to say that it's a Chiyuv Afila Bisman Hazeh. That even today it's a chiyuv to eat matzah. So as Rashi explains, when it comes to mother, what does it say in the Torah regarding the chiyuv of mother? Al matzah Only together with the carbon pesach is there an obligation to eat mother. If it would only be that pasuk, I would say the same thing regarding matzah. That only together with the carbon pesach do you have to eat matzah. So therefore, the Torah wrote over here the mitzvah of eating matzah together with the isra of eating chametz. You should know that even when there is no carbon pesach, even bismanazeh, when there's an isra to have chametz, there's a chiyuv to eat matzah. That's what the Torah is comparing chametz to matzah to, but not for the timing. The timing of the isra chametz does go back out of chatzais in the time of the carbon pesach before pesach. No, no, no. It's anachanam. It's not. But uh, when it says Shivas Yom Teichel of Matzis, it's referring specifically to the Chiv. How do we know that the Chiv of eating Matzah is only one night? That's another Pasuk. But over here, it's comparing the eating of Matzah to the Isra of Chomet to tell you that the Chiv of eating Matzah is even Bismanazer. That's the way Rabbi Yudha, what Rabbi Yudha says. Now, according to Rabbi Shimon, from where do we know that even Bismanazer, there is a Chiv to eat Matzah? But Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbi Shimon, if this Pasuk is coming to teach me the timing, of when you're not allowed to eat chametz, so from where do I know that even today you have to eat matzah? So Nafkele, he learns it out from a different pasik. Mi be'erev toichlu matzahs. It says be'erev toichlu, so we know that even today when there is no carbon pesach, you have to eat matzah. But Rav Yehuda, according to Rav Yehuda, so why wouldn't he learn it out from be'erev toichlu matzahs? Mi be'erev, that pasik he needs, le'tomei v'shahoya be'derech rechaika. Even in the time of the Vesamikdosh, 
when there is a possibility of bringing a carbon Pesach, and someone couldn't make it to the Beis HaMikdash, he was Tomei, or he was far, so he can't bring the carbon Pesach, so then the Pasuk Bad of Teichlo Matzah is coming to tell me that he eats Matzah even without the carbon Pesach. So I would think to say, Hoyel ube Pesach, since he's not going to eat the carbon Pesach. Matzah He doesn't have an obligation to eat matzah and marah either. Kamash Mulan, the Pasuk has to teach me that he still has to eat the matzah. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, you need two separate psukim. One for Bizman Shabbos and Mikdash Kayim, when a person cannot bring the carbon Pesach. And another Pasuk for Bizman Azeh, when nobody can bring the carbon Pesach. You need two different psukim to teach me that you have to have the, car, the matzah, the chiv of, of matzah, without the carbon Pesach. Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon says, no, for that I don't need a Pasuk. A person, Bizman Shabbos and Mikdash Kayim, and he couldn't bring the carbon Pesach, for that I don't need a Pasuk. Why not? For that situation, I don't need a pasik. The legora me oral. He won't be worse than an oral from a person that does not have a bris. Rashi explains he doesn't have a bris because his brothers that had a bris died, so he can't make a bris because he's going to die. Or a yid that uh, converted, he's not keeping Taito and mitzvahs, and the Taito says that he should not uh, bring a carbon pesach. A oral should not eat the carbon pesach, but it says boy, you shouldn't eat the carbon pesach. However, he does eat matzah and mara. So just like a oral and a benecha that does not eat the carbon pesach, but yet he eats matzah, so too a person that's far or he's tome and he can't bring a, a carbon pesach, he also has to eat matzah. I don't need a special pasuk for that. That's what Rab Shimon holds. But Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says no. The Torah wrote it by both of them. Ksiv Bahai. Uksiv Bahai. The Tater wrote it regarding an Oral and a Benechar. And the Tater also wrote it regarding a person that's Tomei and a person that was Bederech Rechaika, even though you could learn it out from each other. But nevertheless, the Tater wrote it by both of them. In another place, the Gemara explains why you need it for both of them. But the Tater did write it by both of them. So the bottom line is, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Pasuk over here that it says, Leiseichal all of Chometz, refers to what? It comes to teach me the, that uh, the, time, uh, the, uh, the timing of the Isra of Chometz, that it's even on Erev Pesach, in the time that, um, that's the time when you don't eat Chometz. And it's not coming to tell me that it's only in the time when you eat Matzah. Okay, this is the conclusion of the Braise, and this is the conclusion of all three opinions. Now the Gemara concludes with this, Now Mani Masnisen, who is our Mishnah? Rabbi Yehuda over here says, any chametz after Pesach you can't eat. What did it say in our Mishnah? Uh, so again, so according to Rabbi Yehuda it says, any chametz, including the chametz of a guy that passed through Pesach you can't eat. And our Mishnah made a distinction between the chametz and a yid and the chametz of a guy. Are we following Rabbi Shimon's opinion? The Yisrael Nami Mishnah Kishari. Even the chametz of a yid is also allowed to be eaten after Pesach. So it can't be Rabbi Shimon either. Be Rabbi Yisiak Lili, and if our mission would be following Rabbi Yisiak Lili, it can't be. I feel it takes money now. Mission Kishari Bano. Rabbi Yisiak Lili holds it even within Pesach itself. It's not even Asabano. So the Mishnah can't be following any of these opinions. Who is our Mishnah going according to? That's the question. We'll finish off with the question for today, and the Gemara is going to bring a few interpretations which opinion our Mishnah goes according to.